Traditions are sacred in the South. The Masters, SEC football, and fried chicken anytime. Now, add one more. Pull up a chair, fix your glass, and get ready for some good old-fashioned Southern charm. Welcome to Success in Sweet Tea, a podcast dedicated to your success in business, lifestyle, and relationships, all with a shot of Southern magic. And now, coming to you from deep in the heart of the Southland, get ready for an engaging conversation with your new favorite Southern couple, Doug and Vicki Miles. Hello, everybody. My name is Doug Miles, and welcome to our new episode of our podcast, Success in Sweet Tea. And here today with me, as usual, is my wife, Vicki Miles. And I'm the other part of Success in Sweet Tea, so it's great to be with you today. But it's even better to get to introduce our guest, uh, President Mitch Henry, Faulkner University's new president, and to get to hear a little bit about the successes that are coming from the southern part of Montgomery, Uh, and get to hear all the great stories about Faulkner University and your beginnings here and plans for Faulkner University. Welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Vicki and Doug. It's a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm so excited about your your podcast. I'm Southern through and through. I love this part of the world. I was born um, uh, to, to love it from the beginning. Grew up in the house my daddy was born in. Wow. And, uh, man, we love sweet tea. Uh, <laughs> we we do too. <laughs> we can't, cannot do without it. But this region is, is amazing because there's so many people that are intelligent, so many folks that have been successful, and it's got a unique character about it. Yeah, you're right, Mitch. There's a, we found as we studied this through the years and as we've lived it that there's really a what I call a Southern formula for success. And uh, we just do things a little bit differently down here. We, we have a little bit different spirit in the way that we do business, in the way that we conduct business. Uh, you know, handshakes used to mean a lot. They don't mean much anymore. Uh, they still do down South uh, because that's our so word true. is our bond. That's and right. that's what we've always been taught and that's what we've always lived Mm -hmm. and uh, you're a man after our heart for being here at Faulkner and we thank you so much for being here with us today. Well thank you. I'm so excited to be with you because you two both have so many close connections with this school and it's got a rich heritage and you both have been a part of that and been friends and we we appreciate it. Well met her here. (laughs) I was gonna say our story started at Faulkner and so it seemed like the natural evolution to talk about Faulkner uh, in the uh, holistic sense, but mm-hmm. obviously we have it in mm-hmm. our hearts. This is where we met. Uh, this is where we dated. This is where we met lifelong friends that we still hold dear to this day. And we've always believed in what goes on at Faulkner University. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, our parents were great visionaries to, um, and Doug, in your case, make you come here. Yeah, yeah I was I was interested in going to Troy to, mm-hmm. the, to Troy University, and the night before I left to come here uh, for the first week of freshman orientation, I went and I sat down on the bed with mom and dad, and I sat down next to my dad and I said, "Don't make me go, please don't make me go. I want to go. I just go to Troy. I want to go to Troy." And he said, "Son," he said. This is the best thing you'll ever do. He said, you need to go to, uh, to what at that point was Alabama Christian College. Mm-hmm. He said, you need to go to Alabama Christian. He said, but I'll tell you, I'll make you a deal. If you don't love it, 
in a quarter. Oh, it was quarters back in those days. He said, right. if you don't love it in a quarter, mm-hmm. he said, you can come home. I never went back. So it worked out for it you. It worked out, and I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Every, every minute we were here, we loved. We really did. And, and I think that's why we were so anxious to get to talk to you. Mm-hmm. It means so much to us. Um, it means so much to so many people that we know. And we keep that tight circle. That's how you mm-hmm. know they were real friends mm-hmm. and real Christian companions because we are still involved with so many of those people. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being here. And we also understand the dedication that it takes to hold the position that you have. Mm-hmm. And so we'd like for you to talk a little bit about your vision for Faulkner, sure. how you got here. Just as we say in Success and Sweet Tea, tell us your story. <laughs> okay. Well, my connections with Faulkner started uh, the first week of my birth. Um, my parents uh, took me to church at Liberty Church of Christ, a little country church. And the first Bible lesson that ever entered my ears was from a preacher named Willard Willis. Mm. Mm-hmm. Willard Willis was a, a Bible teacher yes. here at then Alabama Christian College. Well, he still respected. has family around these parts too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and he was so loved by the church there and my, my parents had great respect for him. And, um, unfortunately, he was he was killed in a car accident, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. tragically. And um, but I remember, uh, I, I think I was around three or four years old when he passed away. And I can remember him as a person. Mm-hmm. I can remember his Bible lessons. And I have to confess to you, I fell asleep <laughs> <laughs> every chance I got um, as a child. But he um, he had an influence on me. And through the years, so many. Uh, people, whether they were ministers or whether they were involved in church organizations like Lads to Leaders, mm-hmm. uh, which was led by Jack Zorn, yes. who recently passed away. People connected with Faulkner, uh, Wiley Cutts, who was the registrar for yes. a while. Good, godly, wonderful folks who were friends, who were neighbors, uh, who bring you cakes and pies if uh, mm-hmm. somebody uh, died in the, in the family or uh, would show up at the wedding or the funeral. Mm-hmm these kind of friendships and relationships run deep and Mm -hmm. and so even though i didn't attend college here myself um i got multiple family members who did and and so through the years i had a a number of connections developed with the with the university but i'm from pentlala alabama yes we know where that is (laughs) probably one of the few that do (laughs) if you're driving down 65 and you see pentlala there's a hope hull pentlala exit little history hope hull was a Methodist minister, uh, and his name was Hope, last name was Hull. And that's what the that. community was named I after. I learned something today. Uh, very, very well loved and, and liked in the community and died years before me. Pentlala is a Creek Indian place name. There's a creek that runs through my farm and um, called Pentlala Creek. And as a child, I was told that Pentlala meant pint of whiskey. You know, Pent Lala. Yes. Um, but I, my brother-in-law, John Harden, is the assistant director of the State Archives, and John helped me find a, a uh, book of uh, Creek Indian place names. And according to the book that I read there, Pent Lala means to pull a canoe. Ah. And if you've ever been on Pent Lala Creek in the area where uh, we live, you do have to pull your canoe to get down the creek. Yeah. Lots of trees and uh, sandy, sandy land there. But that's where I grew up, grew up on a farm. Um, My dad's father moved here from East Tennessee in 1919. 
So a couple years ago, our farm turned 100 years old. Mm. Wow, it's a wonderful program with the State Department of Agriculture run by Amy Belcher and some other good folks there for Century Farms. Mm-hmm. And so a few years ago, uh, we registered with that program and they presented a nice award to our farm, but any farm in the state that meets that milestone of 100 years or even 200 years, uh, you can receive a nice plaque and reward. But What an honor. Oh, it was a blessing. My, my father passed away right before I became president, and I was so pleased that we were able to honor his family and that heritage. By had a big event on the farm, mm-hmm. big circus tent. All farm hands and friends and people sure. we had business with through the years came. It's a wonderful time and experience. So a lot of a lot of connections with the community there and good, wonderful people in Pentlala, Alabama, salt right. of the earth. Lots of successful folks, lots of people who uh, are successful, not just uh, from a business standpoint, mm-hmm. but from a family or from a spiritual standpoint right. uh, that have come out of that community. You speaking of Troy, um, I grew up the, in the house that um, uh, Mr. Shackelford, Dr. Shackelford at Troy, <laughs> he was born oh. in that house. Yeah. So um, when I visited with uh, Jack Hawkins recently yes. at Troy, uh, we, he's one of our favorites. Oh yes, mm-hmm. we we connected and and um, talked about Shackelford Hall and Dr. Shackelford. So we've been here a while. We're not going anywhere. And yes. I like to tell people that my children uh, are all finished with their college careers, but my hope and prayer is that my grandchildren mm-hmm. will go to Faulkner and uh, will enjoy a wonderful, thriving school and the good things that we we have here. So that's a little bit about where I started. Um, I had my first uh, uh, entry into the farming business at age of six. <laughs> my dad gave me my first cow. Oh. And there's a little Holstein milk cow, a little heifer. And Most people get puppies. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, puppies. Yeah. Uh, I got a cow, and uh, <laughs> so I grew up milking cows. Our milk schedule was every 12 hours, two in the morning, two in the afternoon. And uh, Brother Doug, I did not like uh, milking cows at two in the morning. No, I can <laughs> so I, I know figure I, there's. I didn't like it either, and I didn't do, didn't do it. <laughs> they had to make a living a better way, so I decided to go to Auburn and then to Alabama for law school. So uh, we did that and uh, graduated. So you got from, loyalties through both ends of the state here. <laughs> well, you know it's interesting. Um, I'm an Auburn fan, uh, but it was it was tough when I I went to Alabama. Uh, one out of every three law students in my class were Auburn graduates, large class of law students, some very successful judges and law uh, uh, magnates uh, came out of my class. But the whole time we were there, Auburn got beat by Alabama every single year. Of course. 1990 was Gene Stalin's first year mm-hmm. at uh, Alabama. And we went to church with Coach Stalin's, Miss Ruth Ann and mm-hmm. John Mark. His daughters were already gone. but. Um, got to know them, and I'm a big Gene Stallings fan. I don't know if you remember, but Coach Stallings, the first year that he was there, he lost his first three games. And the Alabama Nation was ready to run him out on a rail. <laughs> and he won his, his fourth game and won all the other games, including the Iron Bowl, yes. which was still being played in Tuscaloosa right. at the time. I, I'm yeah. sorry, in, in Birmingham, right. not in Tuscaloosa right. at the time. And uh, we were late the next morning because Cindy and I went to the game in Birmingham, and uh, we got caught in a traffic jam on the way back from Birmingham, Tuscaloosa, next to a 
jacked up uh, red Ford pickup truck with a keg of beer in the back. <laughs> and we were kind of, you know how traffic goes back oh, and yes. forth. And it was full of Alabama fans with pom-poms, and they threw beer cans and stuff at us all the way to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> so we were late getting to church. Well, Coach Stallings was late, too. He and Miss Ruth Ann, they walk up at the same time as us because he had to go to Birmingham early on Sunday mornings and tape his TV oh, radio yes. show. Yeah. So we're walking in at the same time, and I said, Cindy, what do I say to him? He knows that we're Auburn fans. And she said, you be nice. <laughs> so I said, Coach Stallings, uh, you know that Cindy and I are Auburn fans, but we just want to tell you congratulations. And he was so excited. I'm not a little guy. He grabbed me and Cindy both, picked us up off the ground and said, we're going to make Bama fans out of you before it's over with. <laughs> But he didn't. Um, so we still pull pull for Auburn. But when Auburn's not playing uh, Alabama, I won't say always, but I often pull uh, oh, for uh, Alabama. I, I won't say that for Doug, but yes, I, <laughs> I do that as well. I come from a mixed home, mm -hmm. and oh, my wow. dad had to think twice if I could really marry this gentleman because, <laughs> after all, he did pull for Auburn. But um, it's worked oh, out okay. It's been but all it must right. work out because you live in Auburn now, don't oh, you? Oh, yes, yes, we, we do. do. Oh, yeah. But my father's deceased. I'm not sure that would have worked too well <laughs> in earlier well, years. Well, you all yes. know that if, if you moved, and we have this come up with faculty who move here all the time. If you move to Alabama, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that you've got to declare is yes, you must. who do you pull for? Mm -hmm. You know, people will say, all right, who's your team? And often people from out of state, they don't know what you're talking about. And and so uh, our faculty, they, they have to pick. Even if you're uh, from another state and you pull for Ohio State, you've still got to pick yep. between Auburn well, and Alabama. for years I got to say Troy. Oh, yeah. So that was my, you know, I was for Troy. That, that never was a bad answer, always a good answer. Well, you wound up here. Uh, from a law career, though, mm -hmm. how many how many years did you practice law? Practiced for twenty nine years. I knew it was a long time. Sure was, mm -hmm. sure was. Started in in nineteen ninety three, and uh, went to work here in Montgomery with Rushton Stakeley, fine, wonderful firm, uh, very old firm here in Montgomery, and at the time was the largest defense firm primarily in Montgomery, and loved working there. Charlie Stakeley and and Nick Braswell, um, I remember when they interviewed me and hired me, they asked me more about my farm experience than they did about my classes at Alabama on evidence or constitutional law. Right. Uh, they want to know if I was willing to work. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we spent a lot of time talking about how to milk cows, <laughs> where, where, to, where to purchase Jersey or Holstein cattle. Right. Uh, but they, were, they were wonderful folks, lots of great mentors there. And then Will Webster and I, uh, my partner, we left Rushton Stakely on January 1st, 2001, and we started Webster Henry. Mm -hmm. And we grew from two attorneys and one uh, secretary named Kathy Davis. Uh, we grew up to, I think, uh, currently they have around 27, 28 attorneys wow. uh, in that's, our firm. That's and a quite a success It's It's story. grown, it sure has. We have offices in Birmingham, uh, Mobile, Auburn, and Montgomery. Mm -hmm. We have lawyers licensed in all the surrounding states. Yes and do a lot of insurance defense work. We fight those lawyers on TV, <laughs> uh, defend people when they get sued by uh, those lawyers. And, and I thank the Lord every day for uh, lawyers. Um, I was told once that um, a lawyer who's by himself in a small town will starve to death because lawyers naturally are problem solvers. Right. And they will take care of people's problems. But if you have two lawyers in the town, they'll both make a good living. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be advocates for one uh, one another's clients. And uh, 
So uh, Will and I uh, worked together and grew that firm. We founded that firm based on Christian principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, our goal was to, to make sure that we hired folks and that we um, surrounded ourselves with clients that had uh, the ethic of Christ at their mm-hmm. core. And that worked very well for us through the years. We uh, did a lot of, of public service, uh, uh, did free wills for and, and last wills and testaments for preachers and ministers, and mm-hmm. uh, did a lot of pro bono work for people in the community through the years. And, and God really blessed that, blessed yeah. us so that we could grow. And I'm, I miss practicing law now. Right. That's a lot of fun. But, you know, I don't have to deal with mean, crusty lawyers every day. True, true that. And I, I don't have to worry about uh, me offending the judge and getting thrown in jail for contempt. So it's it's great to work with good, godly Christian people here. Well, the theme I'm seeing, Mitch, as you continue to go through your story, uh, it, it all starts in the South, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But but the underpinning is the Christian spirit. Absolutely. Uh, and, and that definitely uh, would explain how you wound up at Faulkner University. Well, that that's very much the case. Um, through the years, um, I worked in an environment where it was easy to make your work your ministry mm-hmm. and to serve really as a vocational minister uh, where you choose a career and you find a way uh, to serve other people through that career. When I started at Rushton Stakely, they had a, uh, a firm partner there, one of the managing or senior partners, I should say, was Jesse Williams. Jesse Williams was a real estate attorney, one of the finest and best real estate attorneys uh, in in the uh, in this area. Uh, he also managed George Wallace's uh, presidential campaign. Okay, so okay. historical as well. <laughs> and uh, Jesse Williams took me aside on my first day of work at Rushton Stakely and he said Mitch I, we've interviewed you and I know you're a believer he said I want to challenge you to make your work a ministry mm. he said I want you to be a vocational minister and I said Mr. Williams I don't really know what you're talking about what, help me understand what you mean by that and he said well for me I try to be excellent in what I do you know the Lord says to do your very best right. He said, in addition to that, I try to find a way that I can serve people because of my knowledge and training and experience. He said, I've got a conviction that life begins at conception. And he said, I have made a decision to perform legal services for couples who want to adopt a baby for free. And he did that his entire career. And if, if you price what it costs for adoptions yes. even years ago folks would spend between five and fifteen thousand dollars some folks spend uh, much more than that today right. to complete the adoption process and he literally performed hundreds of free adoptions that's an amazing years. story and, and so that that challenged me from my very first day of work and that's something that i challenge our students with here and our faculty and staff mm-hmm. Uh, and and you all uh, yourselves as a couple, you do that, and you've done that all your lives. Mm-hmm. You found ways and opportunities when God presented you with the, the the opportunity to serve someone to do that and to give glory to Him. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't wear your religion on your sleeve, and and I don't think that that God's really called us to do that. I think He's called us to serve people 
and just to meet people where they are. Absolutely. And, yeah, that, that's absolutely help. true. And what you've, what you've said encapsulates the philosophy of, of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't have said it better if I would have written it myself. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, uh, it meant a lot to me sitting here hearing you say those words because that's the true spirit of where our heart is as we do mm-hmm. what we do here with success and sweet tea mm-hmm. but we all love we all love the south and we love the um like we were saying we do we do business a little bit differently here mm-hmm. a little little bit not quite so much of an edge a little mm-hmm. politer a little right. more friendly right and uh and that has its underpinnings as well in service sure and uh and what can i do for you not Mm -hmm. always what can you do for me how can i help you because we found both of us that in in helping others ultimately we're the winner Mm -hmm. we win every time i've never helped a soul that i regretted right doing that for and i have hired there is no telling how many times I have hired uh, guys who didn't have it quite so good in life. Mm-hmm. And they made a mistake, wound up in prison, mm-hmm. did their time, and came out, and they needed a place to work. Oh, that's great. God bless you for and we, I, And I will tell you this. I did not turn one down. Mm-hmm. And I was, never, I was there was, out of all those men, mm-hmm. only one let me down. Wow. And, uh, that says a lot, Doug. You know, and and we need good, godly men and women in business, helping folks that need that opportunity. And that's one thing that excites me about this school yes. here. We've got a great business school at Faulkner. Their theme is business as mission. Mm-hmm. Bam. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And we have have purposely looked for and employed faculty that have been there and done that yes. you know, one example is uh, Justin Boyd uh, Justin opened up the first three chicken salad chick franchises in Montgomery Alabama uh, he sold those did very well and he's a Faulkner alum and he's come back here uh, to teach and so he shares that uh, love for his business with his his students and and he's teaching entrepreneurship with the spirit of Christ at the core That's of wonderful. that. That you're ringing my bell. I got mm-hmm. I've got to not say what all I, my heart is just <laughs> overflowing with things to say. But Vicky needs to speak to to what she found in her work in in teaching and leadership. Mm-hmm. How how unprepared um, young uh, you know like. Uh, 18 or 19 20 21 year, years old how unprepared economically they are mm-hmm. to function in this world in our society they don't, they don't know how to buy a car mm-hmm. they don't know what insurance is mm-hmm. they don't know how to buy a house mm-hmm. they don't know how to all of these things that we take for granted that we do mm-hmm. and that we have done over the years mm-hmm. they have no knowledge and wow. vicky can tell you how she took care of that problem mm-hmm. how she saw well, how'd you do it Vicky? well i'm sure it's exactly the way you're doing it in your college of business <laughs> but the bottom line is having a heart for uh having a servant's heart mm-hmm. makes you a servant leader right and i think teaching people to be servant leaders in mm-hmm. business is what absolutely crystallizes the experience mm-hmm. of and all these things that doug is talking about 
that's part of what you'll teach them when you're right. teaching them how to be leaders because mm-hmm. unfortunately no one else did. Mm-hmm. So when you care enough to help them know everything they need to know to make them successful, not just right. the top three points of how to be the most successful business mm-hmm. person, but using the servant heart, that right. servant leadership model. Mm-hmm. And uh, Doug was, would I would always invite Doug to my class mm-hmm. because we would dedicate one lesson to teaching them how to make it in the real world. Wow. And what I love the most about when you talked about vocational ministry, mm-hmm. um, it's where does your faith meet the real world? Right. And so I love what you're saying about that and how that mm-hmm. becomes a tenant of the uh, business school here mm-hmm. at Faulkner. Oh, yeah. And and certainly my experience teaching in the leadership program mm-hmm. uh, would affirm and mm-hmm. confirm that that's mm-hmm. what we have to do right we have to put this heart in these young men and women absolutely that's so that's so important you know here at Faulkner we have students from all 50 states have quite a few students from the south but we've got a lot of students also from other countries right uh, the ambassador Brazil came to our campus in the fall because we had so many Brazilian students. Wonderful. He wanted to, to meet with them. A lot of them were a- athletes in our athletic mm-hmm. programs, several business students from there. So there's a lot of diversity uh, on our campus. Um, there's a lot of, of diversity from uh, the viewpoint of economics as, as well as race. Right. Uh, less than um, or just uh, barely over 50% of our students are uh, Caucasian. So we've got around 48, 49% mm-hmm. of our students that are from other races. And we've got a, a, a huge uh, variety of uh, backgrounds in different religions here mm-hmm. on this campus. Uh, but at the core is what's unique about the South here. Most of our students are from the South. And if you look at the statistics on this region, people value religion higher in the South than most other regions in this country. And there's a a strong connection spiritually with a lot of our students. And that is something that spreads. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're a a mission field in a lot of ways. We have a lot of students that don't have a church background. And they often come to know the Lord while they're here. Mm -hmm. Back last spring, uh, we had what I believe is the beginning of a spiritual awakening happened on our campus. Yeah. Right near the end of the semester, we had 13 students get uh, baptized. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were all baptized by the same person, a fellow named Jeremy Smith, who truly is a vocational minister. He's not even a faculty member. Jeremy is our sports information director. Okay. Now, Jeremy has an open door policy. He employs a lot of students and whenever a student has a problem or an issue they go to speak with Jeremy Jeremy will help them talk through and walk through the problem or issue sometimes it's a student coming and saying hey I just got engaged mm-hmm. um, and he he visits with them but he takes those opportunities in those moments to ask a simple question how are you doing spiritually mm-hmm. And all 13 of these baptisms, these students who were baptized, um, he asked that question. It led to some additional Bible study opening God's Word. And like the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, they mm-hmm. went and got baptized immediately. And 
are continuing to learn and grow on this campus. Mm -hmm. Well, just this semester, this spring, we've been in school four and a half weeks. We've had eight folks get baptized already. There are lots of Bible studies going on on this campus. We've got wonderful faculty mm -hmm. and staff that are, are helping lead that, but also we've got a lot of, of students that are studying with one another, having Bible studies in their dorms or And that's the on wonderful campus. thing. It's growing organically. Absolutely. And it, it's, it's nothing pushed on right. anybody. It's an organic movement. Right. That's what makes it so special. Yeah, and you know, if you've been paying attention to the media, there's yes. a phenomenon going on in the entire country mm -hmm. in this regard. You've seen what's happening at Asbury College, mm -hmm. for example. I believe that we are poised as a nation for a spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. Some people call it a spiritual revival. Right. We've been in, think about it, we've been in this pandemic for three years. What have we had to put up with? Yeah. Uh, you know, social distancing, yeah. uh, being isolated, uh, not being able to, to worship God together in person, not being able to go to funerals, uh, people being limited on even going to hospitals to visit with their dying relatives. Right. Can't, don't even want you to shake a hand. Yes, and and we, we've had that disconnect for so long. People are hungry for social and spiritual connection. You are so right. For the past six and a half, seven months, I, I've started being pressed on June the 1st. Uh, part of my work here, I believe, is to get out in the churches and to visit with people and to preach, to teach Bible class, let them know what we've got here available at Faulkner mm -hmm. as far as Christian education is concerned. And I'm telling you folks, just within that six month period of time, I have seen such a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Mm -hmm. There are churches with new members coming back. Now, a lot of them aren't back where they were uh, number-wise before COVID, right. but they're growing. But some have exceeded mm -hmm. that. And I think it's going to, to grow if we pray and if we get back to the fundamentals of God's Word, right. that Absolutely. gospel message, you know, the death, burial, and resurrection of, of Jesus and the hope of heaven. One thing this pandemic also did, it got people thinking about that D word, death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I've lost friends. You've mm -hmm. lost yes, friends. We all did. Yes. And that caused us to think a little bit more about our own death, our own mortality. And so when people are hungering for social connection, they've been awakened by the their own mortality, seeing their friends and family members pass away. It's a it's a combination for people thinking about and longing for spiritual connection mm -hmm. with God. That assurance that comes from knowing that when you pass away, that there is a plan and purpose for you, that there is life after death, and that uh, we can be assured that we can spend eternity with, with God. Thank you for joining Doug and Vicki for part one of their visit with Faulkner University President Mitch Henry. Join us on March 20th for part two of three as we explore more about the happenings and plans for the university under Mitch Henry's guidance. As always, remember to like, share, and subscribe to Success and Sweet Tea on whichever platform you are using. Email us anytime with your suggestions or comments to successandsweettea at gmail.com. Success and Sweet Tea is on all podcast outlets. 
YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search for Success and Sweet Tea. See you March 20th.